part four. And the live love uh, messages. And it's the last message in the series. Amen? Uh, we focused on the fourfold live love mandate as is, is outlined in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. We will go to that in a little while. And um, I hope that um, this has been a powerful time of uh, stirring our hearts. Amen? Stirring our hearts, uh, pushing us out and sending us out to meet the needs of all the people that are around us and around the world. As you can see, we have been helping the people down in the city over here that's been devastated. In, down in uh, southern Illinois, in Holden, Holton. Uh, we set the whole team down there. We're going back down there in December. And I was, uh, yesterday my daughter called, and we had sent some money to my daughter that uh, some people gave here and that we contributed and her office contributed. And they're taking, uh, taking care of at least eight families, feeding them uh, with the money from part of, part of it from Life Church. So we're touching people in New York who have been devastated by the, st <clears throat> the storm. They still don't have electricity. These people that we're helping still don't have electricity. Uh, they have no home. Uh, they're just totally devastated. So my daughter went out with some other people. They bought them food, clothes. Amen? So this is what we need. We need to help people that are around us and around the world. Live love means that in everyday situations, you make a purposeful decision to live like Jesus, to share his love with grace, with love, and with actions that engage life's hurts. How I many know there are people, people all around us that are hurting? And we need to engage in those life hurts this morning. Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38, says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and healing every sicknesses and every disease among the people. Everybody, let's say this together. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Fourfold mandate. Share the gospel. Pray for miracles. Come on. Shepherd the people that you're touching. You, we all here have a ministry. You could shepherd the people. And this morning, we're going to pray for more workers. We're going to pray for the harvest. I mean, there's a harvest out there. So this morning, I want to, just a short prayer, all of us together. 
and pray for harvest passion. Now we have a passion for the harvest. And I have this prayer up there. Let's say it together. Lord, today we pray for passion that seizes harvest opportunities and compels us to labor with love with intently focus with contently focusing on what? Reaping the harvest. The harvest is ripe to be heaped. Come on. The harvest is ripe to be heaped. In Isaiah 43, verse 5 and 6, Fear not, for I am... I will bring what? From where? And gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Come on, do what? Give them, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. I want to pray all this together this morning. We're going to pray another prayer, a harvest prayer. We pray for a passion. Now let's pray a harvest prayer. All together. Jesus, let your kingdom come to our regions. We say to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, give them up. Release the harvest. Bring them into your house in Jesus' name. Everybody say, release the harvest. Hallelujah. Come on, release the harvest. I'll give him praise. Hallelujah. I remember years ago, um, many years ago, I forget who it was, uh, James Kennedy came. I think he was doing the prayer thing, and uh, we were praying that very prayer. And we used to get up every time we had prayer, to the north, Emma, zero. Oh, we say to the north, give them up. Sometimes we didn't get up. To the north, give them up. Is this south? To the south, give them up. Where's east? To the east, give them up. And to the west, give them up. We need to do that. Give them up. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. We need to pray that. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up in New York. That's where they live. That's where my family... Give it up! Saints, we need to pray with prayer intercession. With prayer intercession. You see, an intercessor is a... We're all intercessors, all right? An intercessor is a person who fights. Is a person who fights on behalf of others. 
They fight on behalf of others as a person who stands in the gap for another to win the battle for that person. That's what an intercessor does. They stand in the gap. And you need to stand in the gap for your family. You need to stand in the gap and fight for those that you know who need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You need to stand in the gap for another to win that battle because they are battling out there every day of their lives. They are battling with the enemy. They are battling with this world. And we need to stand in the gap as an intercessor and pray for your sons and pray for your daughters and pray for your co-workers and pray for those who are stuck by the enemy. Oh. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap. I'm going to stand, stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But you know what? I found no one. Well, we talked about hedges, we talked about gaps, we talked about it. How many are going to stand in the gap? Or not be the way? I found no one. Hebrews 7, 24, therefore he is also able to save the uttermost. Those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make We need to make intercession for those. Pray for them. Every morning, I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for my great-grandchildren. Call them out by names. I pray for the great-grandchildren, the twins that are in my granddaughter's body right now. That are alive and well. They're not some blob. I've seen them. One boy, one girl. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Yeah, one had his hands up. He was praising God. See, an intercessor believes God can work the impossible. He can work the impossible and sets new boundaries or possibilities for God to work in circumstances and work in people's lives, bringing new life, new hope, and new possibilities for individuals that are in the impossible. How many of those are people that are in the impossible? Chris sees them every week when he goes to jail. They're in the impossible. You go across the street, there's some of them in the impossible. Go look at your family, there is some in the impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to be the intercessors.
Ian Bounds, the great prayer warrior, said this, The secret of success in Christ's kingdom is the ability to pray. The one who can wield the power of prayer is the strong one. The holy one in Christ's kingdom. Prayer lays hold upon God and influences him to work. We are intercessors. And we need to intercede for those who are hurting. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever things, everybody say it, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will what? Everybody needs to say, you will receive. Saints, we need to pray with the prayer of agreement. Amen? And the prayer of agreement reflects something that is special and something that is specific in the invisible realm that touches the visible realm. We have to touch the invisible realm so it can come down as heaven meets earth. Come on. Prayer of agreement is when a believer, how many believers we have here this morning, when a believer agrees with the word of God and by faith then declares the word of God to be done on earth as it is in Heaven, hallelujah. I believe your word, Lord. Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, everybody, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in whose name? My name. I am there in the midst of them. Let's believe. Come on, everybody. Let's believe right now. For that one that you have been praying for. Everyone. If you've been praying for somebody right now this morning, Pray for that, I don't know if it's a son, a daughter, if it's a co-worker, if it's a grandson, a granddaughter, whatever it may be, niece, nephew, mother, father, grandfather, grandpa, I don't care. Let's pray right now. Come on, everyone. Intercede. Intercede with your own tongue this morning. Intercede. Lift them up. Lift them up. Come on, we can lift them up. Michael, come up on this piano, brother. Come on, lift them up this morning. Lift up that one this morning that you're praying for. Father, right now, come on, everyone needs to speak it out. Needs to speak it out, Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. I lift up my family members unto you, God. I lift up all my children. I lift up my son, Joe. I lift up my son, James. I lift up my son, Philip. I lift up my daughter, Maureen. I lift up my other daughter. I lift them all up. I lift up all my grandchildren. 
Father God, right now, hallelujah. I lift, them, G, I lift Teresa up. I lift Lacey up. I lift Alyssa up this morning. I lift James up this morning. Hallelujah. I lift little Philip up this morning. I lift them all up. Gregory this morning. I lift Bobby up this morning. I lift Elizabeth up this morning. Glory to God. I lift all my grandchildren, uh, great-grandchildren up to you this morning. John, hallelujah. I lift him up right now. Use him in the mighty name uh, of Jesus. Uh, Father God, touch them. Jesse, Lord, touch him. Nelson, touch him, Lord God, right now. Ava, touch her, Lord. Gabby, touch her, Lord, right now. Scarlett, touch her, Lord, right now. I lift up my great other grandchildren that are living with inside my granddaughter's womb right now. Use them in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, come on, you need to lift them up this morning. And you need to believe. You need to believe. Jesus desires every laborer. Come on. Ever working harvester. Are you a working harvester here this morning? To be excited about the harvest. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I am excited what God is going to do in 2013 with the harvest. I'm telling you right now, I'm excited with the harvest that he's going to be bringing into this assembly. The harvest that's going to be brought into your families right now. I'm telling you, God is going to do something. And you know what? We need to sharpen the sickles so let's sharpen the sickles and prepare prepare to reap the greatest harvest ever reaped in all in all of history we need to get ready get your bibles out start sharpening your bible skills Start sharpening that sickle and go out there and start harvesting. And I believe the greatest harvest that's ever been seen will be seen in 2013. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Because Jesus' desire is that every believer to pray for the harvest. Every Pray for the harvest. How am I going to do that? How am I going to pray for the harvest? I want you to go to John chapter 4. Oh, Jesus. I had only put two scriptures down, but I just really believe I need to read the story. We all know the story. But I want to start the story starting at verse 1. Of chapter 4. I'm really going to talk about, well, really three scriptures in here, but let's all read it together. I'll read it out loud. Hallelujah. We all know this story. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. 
Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. The disciples baptized more than John did. So how many know we're all shepherds? <laughs> he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called uh, Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And then a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. Uh, the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become will become to him a fountain of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me that water, this water, that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have, you, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Women, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither, when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we know that we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I, who speak to you, am he. <clears throat> and at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went on her way to the city, and said to the bed, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Count this be the Christ. Then they went out to the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him 
who sent me and to finish his work. Here's verse 35 to 38. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true. One sows, come on, and another reaps. Everybody say one sows, another reaps. I set you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. We see in verse 35, it says, Say not four months, and then comes the harvest. Say not, it's been a long time. Look, guys, say not, it's been four months, and then comes the harvest. Because the harvest is reaped continually. It's reaped continually. And saints, we need to get rid of the if mentality. If I was trained. If I knew the Bible more. If God opens the door, I'll speak to them. If I feel bold, if they come to church, if, 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 if. Because a servant, a servant and a disciple must seize every opportunity. We need to seize every opportunity for activating of the ministry of reconciliation. There are people out there that need to be reconciled. Not only to Christ, but, uh, Christ, but in their own families, they need to be right. You could give them a spirit of reconciliation. How many people do you know that have marriage problems? Oh, I, I, they always say, oh, yeah. How many people do you know have family situations? Brothers don't talk to brothers. Sister don't talk to sister. Sister don't talk to brother. Mother don't talk to father. Father don't talk to daughter. Father, how many? Thank you. you. We need to bring reconciliation. Just that alone. The spirit of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. You see, there are no seasons in the moral world of man. There are no seasons. See, the moral season is not, is not like our material seasons that are 
beyond our power. We, I, I can't, you know, it's beyond my power. We get summer, winter, spring, fall. We cannot hurry up the harvest seasons in the natural. We can't do that. Come on, saints. But you can change the temperature. You could change the temperature around you. You know, well, they're sad, so it's time for me to be sad with them. How about you could change the temperature of a situation? Come on. With a smile, with something, with a simple Bible verse, with a handshake, with a hug. Why are you hugging me? Why? Well, Jesus loves, I'm loving you. Reconciliation. You can change it. You can turn the foul weather into fair weather. You could make a November, bad November, but we have some nice ones so far. Well, you can make a, let's see, which is a, oh, February. I don't like February. I think February's. I can't wait till February's over. You can make a lousy February a sunny July. Come on. The harvest is ripe. It is ripe. It is ripe. The harvest is all around you. All around you. It is surrounds you day and night. It's all around you. It said in verse 35, lift your eyes. Don't say it's four months. And then lift, lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. Raise your eyes. Observe the fields. Look at the fields. Look what's around you. Look where you are. Look where you work. Look where you go to school. Look, look. Isaiah 64, uh, 60 verse 4. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Who are praying for some sons that come from afar? Come on. From afar. And your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Jeremiah 13, verse 20. Lift up your eyes and see those who come from the north. Hallelujah. Where is the flock that was given to you? Your beautiful sheep, sheep. Where are they? Where are they? They're all around us. They're all around us. Every chair should be full with the beautiful flock. They're all around us. All the churches, I should say, just all the churches should be full. But the harvest is reaped with commitment. He says, don't say four months and lift up your eyes. And in verse 35 says, 
look onto the fields. Something has to come with that. It has to come a commitment. A commitment. Because in the Greek, if you look at the word Luke, uh, look, Luke, look, in the Greek it means to study, study with intently, intensity, because you are committed to possess. Look intently because it's yours. You are committed to possess. Not a casual glance. It's not a casual glance, but a look of fixation. A beautiful shape. When you, when you, when you looked at your, your, your husband or your wife when you first got, before you got married, you looked at her with fixation. I hope. When this little girl came, whoa. Could keep my eyes off her. I'm telling you. I look at with fixation. That's the way we need to look at the sheep. With fixation. In Billy Graham's uh, world evangelist statement, he says this. We affirm our commitment to the great commission of our Lord and declare our willingness to go anywhere. This church is going to go anywhere. It's going to go anywhere. Do anything, and this church is going to do anything. And sacrifice anything, and this church will sacrifice anything. That God requires of us in fulfillment of that commission. It's a powerful statement. We affirm our commitment to the great commission of our Lord to declare our willingness to go anywhere, do anything, and sacrifice anything that God requires us in fulfillment of that commission. Some of us need to just take that in right now. Because we need to reap the harvest without delay. Without delay. Without delay. Verse 35 says, For they are white for harvest. They're ripe. They're ready. Come on. We're fully down our finances. People have no money. Storms, no food, no electricity. Come on. People are struggling out there. Marriages are falling apart. Teenagers are running rampant. We're not to procrastinate. Can't be discouraged. And don't shrink away from opportunity. And don't allow a dislike. A dislike for or indifference to the lost. Well, they don't look right to me. They got this thing on their head and all this kind of stuff. I don't like the way they dress and, uh, you know, this kind of screwed up. And uh, come on. Because if you look before we got saved, 
we were screwed up. Uh, my hair was a mess. Uh, I had a beard growing down here. I had chops. So we, come on. When I was doing undercover, I was more raunchy than anybody. One captain threw me out of his office, me and my partner. Who are those raunchy guys you got here? Come on. Come on, saints. Look at them as gorgeous, as beautiful. There's an old story my pastor told me, if I can remember it, maybe Al or Cyril can remember it from years ago, where uh, there's this pastor, and he came into his office, and he just put a beautiful new carpet down. If you remember, he put a new carpet down. This guy came in, and when he walked in his office, this guy had slobbered all over his new carpet. Snot was coming out of his nose, and he was dirty. The Lord told him, you better just put your arms around that person. Hug that man. And tell him that Jesus loves him. He goes, you know what? You could always get another carpet. You could always clean that carpet. You always get another suit, get your jacket cleaned. And you could always take a shower. Mark 4, 29. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. Immediately. Look at Revelations 14. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a... And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him, who sat on that cloud, Thrust in your sickle, and reap. For the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrusted his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. How many are ready with their sharp sickles to go out and reap the harvest? Come on and praise the Lord. Because, saints, the harvest is reaped with personal reward. It's a personal reward that comes when we reap the harvest. John 4, verse 36, that he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. See, a reaper of souls is a reaper of, 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 of eternal harvest. The wage that he's talking about in here in this verse is the personal reward of gathering fruit into eternal life. It's just that personal reward. It's not a wage that we owe money, but it's that personal feeling that you get, hallelujah, that your grandson's in the kingdom. Come on, Steve. I mean, come on. 
that your daughter's in the kingdom or your friend marriage has been put back together or your come on there's that personal reward there's your wage there's your wage see the harvest is reaped from others who have labored sometimes in John 4 verse 37 38 in this the saying is true one who sows and another reaps I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their layers, into their labors. You see, sowers and reapers are both very necessary. There are some who can sow. And there are some who just come along and just water that thing. And before you know it, they reap the harvest. You know, my wife sowed for years into her mother and her father. Sowed for years and years. But it was her cousin who brought her mother to the Lord. Then Mary came in and watered even more. But she labored in sharing the gospel with them. Same with my father. Come on. So there's some who are going to reap. They're both necessary. See, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. It's God. Amen? It's God. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to what? His own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and you are God's building. It's right there. It's right there. So, saints, the fourfold mandate. What is that fourfold mandate? Number one, share the gospel. It's the good news. Amen? It's the good news. Everyone has a chance. Everyone has a chance. No case is too hard. No case is too hard. The Lord is able to reach anyone and everyone. We are ambassadors. Go share. We are ambassadors. Say, I'm an ambassador. Ambassadors have privileges. You're ambassador of a kingdom. You can go anywhere. Huh? Anybody stop you? I'm an ambassador. You are? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an ambassador. You know, we need to pray for miracles. Pray for miracles. Because the kingdom of God is demonstrated by the power of God. Let me pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Father, when you go in that hospital, wherever it may be, not nursing home, the name of Jesus be healed. And we believe this miracle power is still at work today. You have the authority and the power as an ambassador. Use it. 
look for a divine appointment. Come on, saints. And then shepherd the people. You, the shepherd. Because people matter to Jesus and people matter to us. Find lost sheep. Because you are a shepherd. Philippians 2, verse 20 to 21 is for you. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. You care. You connect. You disciple. And you bring the healing. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody say, I care. I will connect. I will disciple. And I'll help bring the healing. And you know what? Pray for the harvest. Pray for the harvest. You are the prayer. You are the prayer. You are the gap stander. Come on, saints. You are the one to lift your eyes. You are the one to see the harvest. Pray for the workers to be released into the harvest. Hallelujah. Everyone say amen this morning. Let's just pray this morning. Let's just pray that harvest prayer again. If you could put it up, please, this morning. Can you put that up again, that harvest prayer? Well, say this after me. Jesus, let your kingdom come to our regions. We say to the north, the south, the east, the west, give them up. Release the harvest. Bring them into your house. In Jesus' name, and give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.